Hello, it's Brygalic here, and this is episode 9 of Dude's Maxims. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's 12.55pm on Tuesday the 17th of September 2019. Absolutely gorgeous spring day, heading for a top of 17 degrees today. It's worth noting uh, that I don't really know how people feel about Dude and the things that I've shared, that Dude has shared with me. But I, I think it's worth reminding you that I'm not exempt from many of the things that Dude has to share, that I find myself coming back time and time again to many of the things that he shared with me and reminding myself, oh yeah, he did say that and I reflect on it and I make sense of it and I try and apply it to my own life. Although I have some sense of how I ought to live, I make many mistakes, I'm imperfect, I find myself caught up in unnecessary dramas and uh, a victim of the monkey mind at times. And so the things that dude has to convey are equally significant to me. So, here's dude. You can see that certain changes introduced to a group of people, whether it comes through one person or through many people, will bring about certain advantages, and these advantages can benefit an entire group of people. So we talked about how certain changes can happen that might potentially be able to transform a particular species, in this case humans, and you asked about some general principles. So let's go there and see how this relates. Now, when a person adapts, or any being adapts, they make some kind of change, whatever it is, physical, mental, emotional, practical, whatever. So when I say change, I'm referring to adaptation. They have adapted, they have changed something. You understand? So you understand that there is a connection between a person having to adapt to some change in their environment. Now, that environment can be internal or external. So they adapt. They make change, whatever it is. Sometimes many things at once. That is how they cope, how they survive. You asked about some general principles for how a species or a group can evolve, how a particular species or civilization evolves. So let's look at this from the point of view of a species evolving with all of their differences. I'm going to give you some general principles for how this can be done. Let's give you six to start with, but we could add more later if you wish. Alright, let's number this. Let's go for it. Number one, whenever there is the perception of difference, it is important for any individual who experiences this to ask themselves, how am I different to the other and how am I similar to the other? Every individual should ask that. Number two, Whenever a particular difference between any two individuals rises to the point of either potential conflict or an actual conflict, either individual should ask themselves, what is it that I wish to achieve through this conflict and why is it that I am unable to find some common ground with this other person? Number three. If there have been hostilities between any two or more people, each individual should consider the following. Have my actions been congruent with what is important for me in terms of honouring the needs of my own spirit? And if this is so, what is it that my spirit was seeking from the harm that I have caused the other? And through causing harm, 
Did I achieve what it was I sought to achieve? And regardless of the answer, am I content to live with the consequences of my actions, both the harm that I have caused to the other and the harm that I have caused to others who were either directly or indirectly involved in the situation? So they should ask these questions. Number four. Whenever a leader encourages his people, the people that they claim to lead or represent, to undertake activities that will cause further pain, harm or discomfort to another group, it is important that he considers one of three things. Only one, whichever one most resonates with his actions. Did I do all that I could do to encourage the people I support, lead or represent to find a harmonious way of achieving what they require from a particular situation? When I encouraged them to take action, did I consider the many different people, animals and plants that will be hurt indirectly by my actions? In doing what I did, am I content to live with the situation as it is, or will I likely find myself tortured or bothered by some degree of doubt or discomfort? Now the person answers those questions, whichever one most resonates with their actual actions, and then he asks himself this, what was it that I actually gained for those I try to stand up for, and is this going to be worth the effort and the consequences in the long run when I am dead and gone? Number five. Now this is for any particular group of people. It doesn't matter if it's a family, a religious group, a political group, a society, a club, a friends group, any kind of interest group. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. So long as there is more than two people in the group, more than a pair. For each member of that group, it is important for them to consider that they exist in their particular group as a relationship with others. Others who are both in their group and others who are not in their group. Now when they see that they are in a relationship, they must recognise also that all sense of belonging and importance that they have arise from their sense of membership of that particular group and the particular relationships that they have with their group and with the groups or individuals outside of their group. They do not have this without those relationships. And so it is important that each person asks themselves this. What is it that I gain from being part of this group that I do not gain when I am outside and do not belong to this group? And finally, within this group is a number of individuals who are like me and others who are not like me. Whenever I encounter these others who are not like me, what is it that I feel and why do I feel what I feel? Be honest about this, for when you see that even in a small group of so-called like-minded individuals, or a large group of so-called like-minded individuals, or individuals who share a similar value or intention, there is difference, and sometimes this difference can play out in the way that these relationships unfold. So every person who belongs to some kind of group has the opportunity to see what it is that makes them comfortable and what it is that makes them uncomfortable. So when they let go of their perception that they belong to a particular group and that there are others outside of that group who are not like them 
and see the reality that even inside of a group that they feel a belonging to, there is difference. They will recognize that difference or the perception of difference exists everywhere. And then they have the opportunity to look past differences, even with others who they believe are very different to themselves. Number six. There are moments in every individual's life when it is impossible to look past something hurtful that another has done to them. These moments can become something more than moments. They build in numbers. They coalesce. They become a feeling that there is me and the world, that there is a distinction between all that I am and all that the world is, that I am not the world and the world is not me, that I am not like the world and the world is not like me. Some people use this perception to lift themselves above others and some people use it to lower themselves below others. Whatever choice they make, they base it, the behaviour, on a flaw in their fundamental perception of how things are. One who has committed an injurious act against us has done so out of ignorance of who they are and we are. And so the perception of such acts rests on the foundation of ignorance about our true nature, about the fundamental nature of what each of us is, both in terms of our relationship to each other and in terms of our fundamental condition as living beings with a spirit. So whenever a person injures us, causes harm, hurts or does something for which we can find no forgiveness, it is necessary to ask ourselves something very simple. Whenever I am hurt, what is actually hurt? Try to understand what is actually hurt. When you understand what is actually hurt, you see that almost all hurt has been created by the person themselves, who has added additional layers of self-created hurt to the original hurt, which was brief, which was momentary. They have turned a moment into something with its own lifespan, and as a result it has coloured and distorted all of their perception. See the way that hurt works. See the way that judgment of others works. And when you understand how it is that what you see as hurt works, and the way that what you see as other works, then you will understand how the relationships that have become painful, how it is that you are so easily hurt by the human world. And then it will become self-evident how you can move through life invincible to all hurts, knowing that hurt only exists in the moment, and the moment is fleeting. Hurt has no weight at all, only the weight that you give it. Thank you for listening to episode 9. Cowabunga. Have a great day.